0: God bless you all. It's such an honor and privilege for me to be here. For those of you that are looking at me and saying, well, that's not Pastor John. He looks a bit different. Yeah. My name is Mark. And together with my wife, Megan, we're the campus pastors, new campus pastors in Hillcrest. All right. So if you have family out there in Hillcrest, I would love for you to get on the phone, phone them, and encourage them to join DCC Hillcrest because we're having awesome services out there praise the Lord. Thank you, uh, Marnell and Pastor John and Joy, for this beautiful privilege of sharing in this wonderful venue. I also have a little book over here. It's the second book that I've written. It's called Just One Word from God, and uh, it's about hearing God's voice. So uh, I've been pastoring for some 26 years now, and people often say, how do you get to hear God's voice? Well, i put put some of that in this book. So this is a book that will help you hear God's voice. It sells for 150 rand, and all the proceeds go towards the building fund of this beautiful facility over here. So I'll be at the back over there after the service in the foyer. If you'd like me to sign the book, I'll gladly do that. The basis of the book comes out of 2 Kings, chapter 3, where there was three kings Stuck in a desert, and uh, they'd run out of food, they'd run out of water, and the Moabites, the enemy, was fastly approaching towards them. The one king gives up. He says, We're gonna die. It's all over. The other king says, Nothing. And the third king says, Is there not a prophet of God here that we can get just one word from God? Because if we can get just one word from God, we're gonna make it out of this situation. And I'll tell you what, they got a word from God and made it out of their situation. And I know you can get a word from God and make it out of your situation. This book will help you hear God's voice. It'll give you simple, practical things that you can do that will position you to better hear God's voice. Amen? So I'll be in the foyer after the service, and you're welcome to see me there and purchase one of the books. Well, this morning, the message is titled, Unstoppable Freedom. Say with me, unstoppable. Freedom. Unstoppable freedom. That's what we're talking about this morning. And my opening scripture comes out of 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And when I quote scriptures, it's generally out of the NIV Bible. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he He may devour. Be self-controlled and alert, your enemy, the devil, prowls round like a roaring lion. The Bible makes a comparison between the devil and a lion. And it's often that I find that God does that. He would take things in our natural environments and use them to teach us spiritual truths. We call it a parable. And Jesus often shared in parables, taking natural stories and using them to explain spiritual truths. Jesus would talk to a group of fishermen and he would compare their occupation of catching fish to evangelism and he would call them fishers of men. And then on another occasion, Jesus would be talking to some farmers and he would compare their occupation of farming, planting seed into the ground, to preaching. The planting of God's word into people's hearts. And so this aspect of parables we see follows us through the Bible. God wants us to catch things in the spirit. And so very often opening up stories in the natural that we can relate to are really designed for us to see something in the spirit. And so it is with this example over here. The comparison of a lion to the devil. There's something there that God wants us to see this morning. And uh, I'm going to play it out and show you some characteristics of a lion that I believe will be able to help you and I when it comes to understanding the warfare that is against our lives. The first thing I want to say about a lion, a lion is powerful, as you can see on the slide. He's an apex predator. He doesn't have any opposition out in the wild. He can weigh up to 300 kilograms, and he can take down prey three times his weight. So, single handedly, he can take down a buffalo. He has canine teeth 10 centimeters long, sharp claws. He can run at a speed of 80 kilometers per hour. That's a lot quicker than the fastest man on earth. He can leap horizontally, 11 meters in length. That's a lot further than any long jump record. And he can jump high over four and a half meters from the ground. That's a lot higher than any high jump record. What I'm really trying to say is that a man in his natural strength is no match for a lion. And so too in our natural strength, we're no match for the devil. But we don't take the devil on in natural strength. We take him on in the strength of our God. And together with our God, we're able to not only take on the devil, but we're able to walk victoriously against every and any onslaught that he has against our lives. I'm talking about unstoppable freedom this morning. Unstoppable freedom. I believe that God has ordained us to be victorious on this earth. I believe that the cross of Calvary wasn't just to give us something to do on a Sunday, to sing some songs and to hear a sermon, but to be able to take it into our daily living and live victoriously. Say with me, unstoppable freedom. Come on, say it again, unstoppable freedom. So the first thing about a lion is when a lion is looking for its prey and it sees a herd of, let's say, a herd of zebra, it doesn't just charge into the herd of zebra and arrive in the middle of the herd and say, "Mm, I think I'll take this one today. The lion knows that there's power in numbers. The lion knows that the zebra together can be very strong. And so he doesn't just attack the herd. He's looking for someone that strayed from the herd. A lion will sometimes run at the herd to to split up the herd and then to isolate one of the zebra so that he can then attack that zebra. The lion knows that the herd together, they 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 can cause damage to him. They can even kill him. The lion understands the power of the herd. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it says, let us not forsake gathering together. The Bible encourages us to keep on gathering together. In the realm of the Spirit, there is a truth in that. There is power in our numbers. When we come together, there is a corporate anointing. There is power in our numbers. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30 says, one will put a thousand to flight, but two will put 10,000 to flight, or some translations say send the legions fleeing. A legion is 6,000 people. So gathered together, we have the strength to be able to send multiples of 6,000 fleeing. There is power in our numbers. There's power in our numbers. There's power in our numbers. The first thing I want to say when it comes to unstoppable freedom is stay with the herd. Everyone say with me, stay with the herd. Stay with the herd. There's power in that. Keep coming to church on Sunday. Come on. If you can't get into the building, then join the live stream. And God bless you, all of you who have joined us on live stream. I love it when you tune in on live stream. God bless you. Stay with the herd. If you can't come to church, get on to live stream. Make sure that you join in the life group meetings on Thursday. Be part of those Zoom meetings. Make sure that you come to the band practice and the choir practice during the week. Join the Bible school. Connect with your leaders via WhatsApp video chats. Listen, stay with the herd. It works in nature and it will work in the realm of the Spirit. We are more powerful. Together, then we are apart. Don't let the pandemic keep you from staying with the herd, because that's exactly what the devil would want to isolate you away from your brothers and sisters. Come on, every sheep needs to belong to a flock and needs to have a shepherd. There is power in our numbers. I want to encourage you to keep on staying with the herd because there's power in that. I don't just want to be a Christian for a week or two, a month or so. I don't want to be a yo-yo Christian. I want to be around. I want to do what God's called me to do. I want to finish this race and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's going to happen when you apply some of these principles. Number one, stay with the herd. Keep gathering together. Keep coming together. Whether it be a prayer meeting, a life group meeting, or a church meeting, keep getting to those meetings because there's power in our numbers. Say with me, stay with the herd. Is somebody getting that? Are you getting that on live stream? Stay with the herd. Stay with the herd. Stay with the herd. Bringing people together on a Sunday is not just man's idea so that the pastor can have a job and preach to people. It's God's idea. There's power in our gathering. It's God's idea. He purposed for us to come together as often as, he, as we can because in so doing, there's an anointing that's released upon us collectively. We are stronger together than we are a part. The animals know it in nature. When they have to stand their ground against the lion, so too we take the principle and we understand it works in the realm of the spirit. Stay with the herd. Number two, what works for me when I look at a lion is a lion is an apex predator. He doesn't have opposition in the wild. There's not really anything that can uh, stop him in the wild. There is, however, something that can stop a lion in nature, and that is a well-aimed bullet from a high-caliber rifle. When you're hunting a lion, you need at least a .375-caliber rifle, and you need to know how to use it. I've been growing up and growing up as a young man, spent many times, many, many, many occasions on farms. My stepfather used to own a farm, spent much time on farms, much time hunting game, many hours involved in hunting game. And I, I can stand here with confidence and say a 0.375 rifle in the hands of someone that knows how to use it and aim it carefully will stop a lion every single time. And so in the realm of the spirit, there is also something that would stop the devil every single time. And we find it in Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus had finished fasting and he came out of the wilderness, the devil came to him and said, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, he said, it is written. It is is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus quoted out of Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse Verse 3, he spoke the word of God and said, it is written. The devil then takes Jesus up to the highest point of the temple and says, why don't you throw yourself down from here? For it is written that the Lord would command his angels concerning you to lift you up in their hands. And Jesus responds in Matthew 4 and verse 7, and he says, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And he again quotes a scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. The devil persists with Jesus and then takes him up to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world world and says, all of these I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. And again, Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 10, it is written... It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. And he quotes out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13. Every single time the devil attacks Jesus, Jesus responds with the Word of God. The Word of God becomes your .375 rifle in the realm of the Spirit. It will work every single time. The Word of God is powerful. It will work for you. When the enemy comes and attacks your life, you can take the Word of God and you can say it is written. It will stop the devil every single time. It is your high caliber rifle that you can direct and aim at the opposition and it will work every single time. Psalm 138 and verse 2, the Bible says, God has exalted above all things. His name and his word. The promise of God is always greater than the problems of this world. So when you go through a problem and there's an attack against your life, don't just take a tub of ice cream and sit in front of the TV and say, woe is me, I'm just gonna eat five liters of ice cream and drown my sorrows with two liters of Coca-Cola after that. Don't do that. Open the Bible and say, devil, it is written. The Bible says, and you speak the word of God. 1 Peter 2.24, by the straps of Jesus I was healed. And you begin to speak the word of God. The word of God is powerful and it will step, stop the devil every single time. So my second point would be this. Stay with the word when it comes to overcoming the onslaught of the enemy. Stay with the herd. And stay with the Word of God. It works in the natural and it will work in the realm of the Spirit. Come on, let's give God some praise. Can we do that? (laughs) He's a good God. Stay with the herd. Stay with the Word. Point number three is this. A lion can run very fast, 80 kilometers per hour, which is really fast in nature. But he can't keep that speed up for very long. The size of his heart relative to his body mass, is very small. Lions actually spend most of the day sleeping, sleeping, all right? And when they hunt, they like to use tall grass. They like to get close to the prey. They generally are going to attack from a distance of about 30 meters. That's how close they get. They love to set an ambush. So the animals that want to avoid the lion's attack stay in the open plain. Because in the open plain, they can see the lion coming from afar, and they can know when he starts running, and they can get a head start ahead of him, and the lion won't be able to catch them. The open plain speaks of transparency. It speaks of openness. I've said it before, but it's worth saying again, the power of sin is in secrecy. The power of sin is in secrecy. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I learned a long time ago that God is not expecting me to be perfect, but He is asking for my transparency. He is asking that I can be real with Him, because when I hide sin in my heart, it does not go well with me. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 12, Moses killed a man and then hid him in the sand. He hid him. Well, what he did was exposed, and Moses was on the run, and Moses had to go and hide in the desert. He spent 40 years looking after sheep in the desert when he had actually been called as a deliverer of a nation. Hidden sin will delay your destiny. Come on, learn from the story of Moses. Don't delay your destiny by hiding things in your heart. Be transparent. Be open. Confess the mess before the Father. 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Don't hide it. Open up. Be transparent and bring it before the Lord. He is a gracious, kind, loving Father. Christianity is not about perfection. It's about honesty. It's about transparency. It's about being real with God and allowing the grace of God to forgive and heal you and I when we have fallen. Not only will hidden sin delay your destiny, but it will affect your family. We see in 2 Samuel chapter 11 that David committed adultery with Bathsheba and then he hid it and tried to make out that it did not happen. David writes in Psalm 32 of this event, verse 3, he says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. In other words, hidden sin will affect your physical health. Through my groaning all day long, hidden sin will affect your emotional health. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer or the drought of summer. Speaking of his financial strength, his financial capability. Hidden hidden sin will affect your physical strength. It will affect your emotional strength and it will affect your financial strength. Come on, don't hide sin in your heart bring it up before the Father. David goes on to say, verse 5, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I'm talking about unstoppable freedom. Amen? Unstoppable freedom. Come on, David had to learn the hard way. He hit it, to Samuel chapter 12. We see Nathan the prophet arrive on the scene and Nathan the prophet says, listen, this is not good. David actually had Bathsheba's husband killed in battle. And the prophet Nathan says in 2 Samuel 12 verse 9 and 10, you used the sword against Uriah. Now the sword will not depart from your own house. And moments later, we see that the child that Bathsheba gave birth to died. And moments later, we see David's son Amnon rape his half-sister Tamar. And then Bathsheba, and then um, Absalom, who is Tamar's. Uh, brother, kills Amnon. And then we find a little later how Joab, the army commander, kills Absalom. Can you see how the sword did not depart from David's house because there was sin that was hidden and was not acknowledged? I want to encourage you today, be open and transparent. Stay with the herd, stay with the Word, and stay in the open plain. Be open and honest with God. That's all He's asking for you. This is not a holy huddle of perfect people this is actually a spiritual hospital for those that have been wounded and hurt and have transgressions that we can come before a loving, caring living father and he can forgive us but if you come in here with pride and say there's nothing wrong with me what you conceal God can't heal, I'm asking you this morning, open up your heart and let the spirit of the Lord come in let him heal you from where you've done wrong come on, he's not expecting perfection but he's asking for you and I to be honest and open. He cares for you. He loves you. My final point is this, that when a lion finally catches its prey, it kills its prey through strangulation. It either puts its entire mouth over the nostrils and mouth of the zebra, or he'll go for the throat and strangle the animal or puncture the jugular veins so the oxygen can't get to the to the brain. The, the lion is after the breath of the animal. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In the same way that a lion is after the breath of an animal, so the devil is after the praise of his people. There is something about praise. Hear me today. We're talking unstoppable freedom. There's something about your praise that the the devil just hates. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4 that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise is going to bring you and I into the presence of the Lord. Psalms 16 verse 11 says in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy and Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength so when you can praise God you come into God's presence you find joy and you find strength I want to encourage you to sing your song and to sing it all day long because your song will make you strong and keep you going on and on and on the devil's after that praise on the inside out of you. You've got to keep worshiping. You've got to keep praising. You've got to keep lifting up your voice and singing your song to the Lord. Praise isn't just a mountaintop experience. It's something that you've got to learn to do down in the valley. Hebrews 10, uh, Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, Through Jesus, let us continually offer unto God the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. You don't feel like praising God, but you've got to learn to praise Him. There's something about praise that's going to give you tremendous strength. The Apostle Paul was in a Roman prison cell when he was writing the book of Philippians, and he wrote. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, Rejoice. Here's a man in the Roman prison cell. Here's a man who's in jail, but he's still keeping his praise going up to the Lord. I can tell you, God caused that man to come out of jail and to continue writing almost half of the New Testament. This is someone that didn't give up. This is someone who knew where to find his strength. Yes, stay with the herd. Stay with the word, yes, and do all of that, but never stop praising him. Never stop praising him. Keep on praising God. Keep on clapping your hands. Keep on worshiping him, because your praise is going to make you strong. Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, just give him praise this morning. Stay with the herd. Stay with the Word. Stay in the open plain and never stop praising Him. Never stop praising Him. I look at David who was running away from his father-in-law, King Saul, and 3,000 trained assassins. And he finds himself hiding in a cave. And in Psalm 57, verse 7 to 9, he says, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, heart. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O God, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. Here's a man who said, I may be a fugitive and I may be hiding in a cave, but I'm not going to stop praising my God. I'm not going to stop worshipping my king. Things might not be going my way. Things might not be going so good, but I believe there's a better tomorrow that's waiting for me. I'm going to just clothe myself with a garment of praise and I'm going to lift up my voice and give my my God, glory in the same way that God took Paul out of prison. God took David out of the cave in the same way that Paul carried on writing the New Testament. David carried on in his destiny and became king of Israel. I want to let you know praise, praise, praise will keep you strong. Don't stop praising the Lord. In the same way that a lion is after the breath of the animal, the devil is after your praise. He's after your praise. He knows if he can take away your praise, he's going to weaken you. He's going to weaken you. you got to keep praising the Lord. Never stop praising him. Job lost everything he had. He had seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep. 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys in a single day. He lost it all. But the Bible says he fell on his knees in Job chapter 1 verse 20. And he began to worship the Lord. He began to worship his king. He began to give God praise. I can tell you he'd lost everything. He came from a place of having nothing. But because he could carry on praising and worshiping the Lord, his end was better than the beginning. God restored to him. 14,000 sheep God gave him back 6,000 camel 500 yoke of oxen 500 donkeys God gave him double for his trouble God gave him another 7 sons and another 3 daughters God gave back to him everything he lost and more never stop praising him there's something about your praise church the devil hates it Don't sit down and feel sorry for yourself and sit there and give up but begin to clothe yourself with praise. Begin to lift up your voice and praise the living God, the God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Begin to worship Him. Begin to praise Him. If He can take Paul out of jail, if He can take David out of a cave, if He can take Job from nothing, He can do the same for you. He's the same God yesterday, today and forevermore. Never stop praising Him. Never stop praising Him. Stay with the herd. Stay with the word. Stay in the open plain. Never stop praising Him. Habakkuk was a farmer that had lost everything. He says in Habakkuk 3 verse 17, 18 and 19, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord my God. He goes on to say the sovereign Lord is my strength. He gives me the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. Praise will lift you up. It will take you to great heights. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. bring rivers in the desert and streams in the wasteland he'll open up the prison door he'll take you out of the wilderness cave, he'll do for you what he's done for others he's a great, great God he's a mighty God, don't let him go of him, he's a great God, he's a mighty God sing your song praise your God, worship him, I may not understand my situation but the Bible's very clear to say trust in the Lord with all your heart I may not understand my finances I may not understand many things in my life but I've made a decision to put on the garment of praise for the Lord will do for me what he has done for others I say to you in closing stay with the herd stay with the herd stay with the word of God stay in the open plain and never 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 Stop praising Him. Stop, Never stop praising Him. Keep on praising. Keep on worshiping. Keep on giving God all the glory. Life's journey can be difficult. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. But He said, take heart. I've overcome the world. And so too you and I. We are more than overcomers. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm talking unstoppable freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I am free. I am free. I am free. And I'm going to run my race with perseverance. And I believe as I apply these principles, there will come a day when my Father in heaven will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into thy rest. Stay with the herd. Stay with the word. Stay in the open plain. And never, 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 never stop praising him. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. He's a living God. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning oh what a glorious king we serve what a loving father i'm so excited for jesus he's so beautiful he's so mighty he's so glorious king of kings lord of lords alpha and omega bright morning star rose of sharon yeshua messiah christos the anointed one my savior my lord the one who turned my life around I believe He can turn your life around. I tell people that I was born a disaster, but God turned me into a pastor. It's God. God did that. I didn't do that. God did that. It's amazing what can happen with your life when you put your trust in Him. 29 years ago, I said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Here I am today. It's His doing. It's His work. He's a mighty God. He has a great plan for your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say to me, Pastor Mark, I've I've strayed. I don't know the Lord. Jesus is not my personal Lord and Savior. I haven't accepted Him in my heart, or I may have, but I've lost my way. I've lost my focus. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Please, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, you're in the right place a place where you can find grace and mercy a place where you can find God's loving kindness please don't go home the way you came in as you're standing in this place with your head bowed and your eyes closed you know the spirit of the Lord is dealing with your heart you know you've come here today for more than just a sermon or a song but you've come here for an encounter you know that the writings on the wall it's been that way for many weeks and months Today is the day. Don't delay. Don't put it off for tomorrow. But today, step into the plan of God. Step into the grace and mercy. Today, leave your past behind you. Leave it behind you. Today, acknowledge Jesus. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor Mark, please pray for me. I'm not serving the Lord. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Please pray for me. If that's you, just slip up your hand wherever you are. I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you wherever you are. Slip it up. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands over on my right. The ushers will come and bring you a card that you can fill in. Just slip up your hand wherever you are. Please pray for me, Pastor Mark. I don't want to go home the way I came in. I believe I'm connected with destiny. I believe this is where I was meant to be this morning. I believe God wants to do a work in my life. I believe my life needs to be turned around. I need the greatest miracle of all, the miracle of salvation. I need it today. If you haven't lifted your hand yet, but know that you need to, slip it up quickly wherever you are and we will pray for you wherever you are. Just keep your hand nice and high so the ushers can see you, so we can give you a form and follow you up during the week. I want everyone to say this prayer. Say with me, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I believe that You are God's Son and that You died for me. Jesus, I am sorry for everything I have done wrong. Please forgive me. Jesus, today, right here, right now, I open the door of my heart and I accept You into my life. As my Lord Lord and my Saviour, wash me, cleanse me and fill me me with your Holy Spirit. Spirit. Jesus, Jesus. you died for me. Now I choose choose to live for you. You You are my Lord and my Saviour. I am born again. I'm I'm a child of God. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for saying that prayer. Those of you online that said the prayer, you can contact the church office in this week. We'd love to get to know who you are and pray for you some more over the phone and tell you various aspects of the church, the discipleship classes that we want you to get involved in so that you too can grow in the things of God. Say with me one more time. Stay with the herd. Stay with the word. Stay in the open plain. And never never wait never 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 Never. Never stop praising him come on let's give God praise never stop praising him never hallelujah God bless you thank you for being here this morning I'll be in the foyer if you're interested in one of these books as you go out on your left hand side you'll see me there in just a moment if you'd like me to sign the book I'll gladly do that for you God bless you God bless you. Greet a few people on your way out. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen.